0: Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor
1: Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in the Word with us today. We are in the midst of our annual giving
0: appeal when we invite your financial support for the ministry we share at
1: Bethlehem Lutheran Church, which includes this podcast. The work we do together is made possible by your generosity, your generosity of time, talent, and treasure. Today, we invite you to visit our website at
0: www.blcfairport.org and click on support the BLC vision to learn more. We'll include the full link in our show notes.
1: If you have never given financially to BLC's ministry, consider making a gift.
0: If you are already someone who gives regularly to BLC, consider making your gift on a monthly basis or a recurring basis.
1: If you currently give regularly, would you consider increasing your offering this year? And thank you for listening. And thank you for helping us to spread the word. The
0: Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I'll give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: Well, if any of you ever went to Sunday school as a child like I did, perhaps one of the first songs you learned, Zacchaeus. And you know the hand motions, right? All right, we're going to do this together. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree, for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. All right, apparently not as many of you learned that as I did when I was a child.
0: I always knew the first part, and then it kind of trails off, but we also had no help. I mean, this is like the adults-only version of this, so that was pretty (laughs) impressive that we could pull that out. We didn't
1: have any help from the kids. That's true.
0: So we we maybe know the song, or maybe (laughs) don't. But there's so much more to Zacchaeus than we hear just in that song. And so let's think about what we do know about the story itself. So so we know he climbs up in that sycamore tree because he wanted to see
1: Jesus. That's what led him to climb the tree. We know that he was a tax collector. And if maybe you've heard in your lifetime, the tax collectors were not particularly well-liked people uh, within the wider culture and part of that is because being a tax collector meant being aligned
0: with the roman empire and the roman empire was seen as the oppressor so being a representative of the oppressor certainly didn't win him any additional friends
1: we know He was short, a wee little man, and so that meant that he was used to others physically looking down on him. Imagine what that must have felt like, to always be looked down on, not just because of the work that he did, but because of his stature as well. And if you heard the sermon last week, you might remember that in that parable that Jesus tells, there was also a tax collector praying in the temple, And one of the things that I said in that sermon last week was that tax collector, maybe it was even Zacchaeus, was so filled with his own guilt about his own life that he felt like the atonement offering for the sins of Israel couldn't even apply to him. So this is a person, as a tax collector, that was filled with guilt and just this sense of Disconnection from his community. Yeah. He probably felt some some
0: measure of unworthiness to even yeah. be there on the lookout for Jesus. We also know um, it's interesting in verse 8 we hear that he was generous. Um, he, he knew that he had been dishonest and he was working to repair that dishonesty. We hear um, half of my possessions Lord I'll give to the poor and if I've defrauded anyone of anything I'll pay back four times as much. I learned this week, reading some commentaries, that um, there's actually a lot of debate in the translation of the Bible, whether that should be future tense, I will do these things, or I am currently doing these things. I have already been trying to make amends um, as a response, perhaps, to that guilt and unworthiness, and maybe those amends are part of what has driven Zacchaeus to come and try to see Jesus He is already in the process of trying to turn his life in a different direction.
1: Yeah. So this very familiar story of Zacchaeus provides us with an opportunity to consider who in our congregation, who in our world today is Zacchaeus? Who are those people who have this sense of being outsiders longing to see Jesus? Yeah. So who are the people
0: that are on the margins of our community or our society today? Who are the people who have that maybe deep sense of unworthiness themselves, like they couldn't possibly even approach the
1: Lord? Who might have been ruled out of bounds or is looked down upon by our culture and our world today? Who might surprise us by their generosity
0: and faith? Who Who is giving? And we least expect that giving from them. Yeah.
1: And who just wants to see Jesus in our world today, but either churches or individuals or structures keep telling them, no, no, you can't see Jesus.
0: We've had a little more time to think about these questions than we've given you. So here are a few of the the people we are wondering about. We wonder about the people for whom our worship times make it really challenging to participate. Some of you might be watching today on the live stream, maybe even after the fact, because 9 a.m. on Sunday morning makes it really difficult to mobilize and be here physically
1: sharing in this space. Not to mention anything of people who work. There are people who work on Sundays who just simply can't be here when we gather for worship. Mm -hmm. There are people who find entering into a church building physically intimidating. They might find our particular building intimidating because there's a lot of steps to get up to come through the front door. Now, we know, as folks who come here regularly, that there are other entrances as well. There are people in our world for whom just entering into a physical church building is scary and intimidating, and we don't always make it easier for them.
0: There are people who have been told by religious communities over the centuries that they are not welcome because of the color of their skin, because of their sexual orientation, because of their gender identity, because they are in the wrong class, a host of reasons uh, for people who have explicitly been told by religious communities that there is not a place for you.
1: Yeah, and there are people who have not been welcomed because of how they look, because of their ability or their ability to um, contribute to the life of a community, or because they may have physical challenges that they face. And so just being accessible is a challenge to be able to be present and to see Jesus within a community of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These questions are really important because they encourage us in our day and age to continue to be on the lookout for the Zacchaeuses that are in our midst. Who are those people in our world who want to see Jesus, who long to see Jesus, but there are barriers that keep them from seeing Jesus. It's not a
0: stretch to say that Martin Luther in some ways was a Zacchaeus of his own time. We know from his writings that he himself felt that he was deeply unworthy of God's grace and God's forgiveness. And he so desperately wanted to see Jesus that he poured through the scriptures He so wanted to believe and understand that God's forgiveness and God's mercy was actually for him when he had difficulty believing and and understanding that. So he poured through the scriptures and and he found Jesus in those scriptures. The church at the time had so many rules and so many obligations that it it made it hard for some other people to see Jesus as well, not just Luther. And as he studied scripture, Luther saw that Jesus was plainly there, not shrouded in these kind of layers of mystery and um, all these mediators that he had been taught by the church. He saw Jesus there as visible, a visible fulfillment of God's revelation to the world. He saw Jesus in scripture promising to be there in the two sacraments, in baptism and in communion, where God's word is connected to a tangible element, to water and to bread and to wine, to convey that promise that Jesus is here in the waters of baptism, that Jesus is here around the table. Luther sought to see Jesus in scripture, and he found him. And he found the promise that Jesus would be here in this holy space as well.
1: Seeing Jesus so compelled, and so Luther went to work and he did everything he could within his life and within his ability to help other people see Jesus. He did that by rejecting the scholarly language of Latin in order to translate scripture into the common language of the people around him, German. The German Bible that Luther translated is still used in German-speaking languages because of its ability to convey Jesus to people. Mm -hmm.
0: He also used familiar tunes, music that people already knew, some of which they knew because they sang it at the local bar. And he put words of faith to it, so it would help people have a way to access the language of faith, the, the, the promises of faith. He did it in the language and through a
1: means that they could access and understand. Yeah. Luther also helped people see Jesus by using the most advanced technology of his day, a printing press, which was a brand new invention to publish pamphlets and things like the small catechism so that the faith could be taught within households to families. Luther helped people see
0: Jesus by bringing them to Jesus through what they had just readily and easily accessible. That was their own language, their own music, their own study documents. Because seeing Jesus, as we learn in Zacchaeus' story, is not just about sitting by and waiting for Jesus to come to us. It's about going out to look for him. Even when going out to look for him means doing things that are kind of against social or cultural norms. I mean, think about Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a rich man, a grown man, climbing a tree just so he could be on the lookout. He went to search to see what he could see, looking for Jesus. Surely there were many around that road, and we even hear it at the end of the gospel, who thought they were far more worthy then Zacchaeus was not only of Jesus' attention, but even Zacchaeus, who ends up hosting Jesus. We know others thought that they deserved that more than Zacchaeus.
1: Yeah. So that seeing Jesus was what Luther did also as he poured through the pages of Scripture and as he self-published his own writing. We remember Luther as a hero of faith, But we can't forget that the church of his day placed a mark on his life, quite literally. Luther's way of seeing Jesus was not universally welcomed by the wider world and certainly not by the church of his day, Um, because of the ways that he pushed at people's expectations, both in the church and in the culture at large. Jesus saw that Martin Luther saw that Jesus was for us in a real way and that wasn't always something that people in power and the hierarchy wanted people to know. One could say that as Luther went about doing the work that he did that he was quite entrepreneurial in his approach to ministry and sharing the good news. Luther used what was readily available in his day, including the technology of his day. And that's a trait that we're trying to embrace in this day here as well. We're trying to do in our present age what Martin Luther did in 1517.
0: Um, These are the sorts of reasons why we have Hunt sitting back there at a table running a live stream, why we have computers and screens in the sanctuary, right? This is the most modern technology that we have today in the ways that people are connecting. And so how do we use that to help others see Jesus the way Luther did before us and many others in between to connect with people who are not just physically in this space, people beyond our walls. How can we help provide
1: that sycamore tree for others to climb so that they too might see Jesus? So, Abby, what does it look like to see Jesus in our day? We've talked about all of these ways of seeing Jesus, but what does that really look like for us?
0: Well, I think one of the pieces of good news here is that
1: Jesus is showing
0: up. Jesus is here. Our work is not about somehow magically encouraging Jesus to come. There are not magic words that we say that ensure his presence because Jesus is here already and not just within these four walls.
1: Yeah, we saw such a great example of this earlier this year when there was the fire at the Pines of Parenton. This is what's happened that morning. It was a morning in January. I think you texted me before nine o'clock in the morning to say there's been a huge fire at the Pines of Parenton. What can we do to help? So, I got on the phone, I called someone that I knew that was a contact there at the Pines of Parenton, to say, how can we help? I made that phone call by 9.30, and by the time I even called that person, she said, the community center is being overflowed with donations from the the wider community. We have clothes coming in, we have people who are gathering, we have uh, activities ready for kids, people in the community were already responding to the need. They were being Jesus for people in for their neighbors before we had even asked the question, "What can we do to help?" No one was waiting for us to go out into the world. They were being Jesus for one another already.
0: And recognizing that, recognizing that that Jesus is alive and well out in the world. Um, that people are responding with God's love, whether or not they know the name of Jesus, is really important. Part of our work is to point there and say, that's Jesus. That's how I recognize him. When love is shared, when kindness is expressed, when connection is made, that
1: is Jesus. Yeah. This seeing Jesus this sharing jesus this pointing to jesus is essential for our life together in the coming year and frankly in all times in a world when there is so much to see when there is so much to hear when there are so many distractions when there are so many things pulling our attention and pulling our focus We want to see Jesus. And we want our lives and the lives of people around us to be shaped by his love, his mercy, and his grace.
0: And that's what we are trying to do together. As a congregation, we are focused on building lasting community that follows Jesus so that we might do all that Pastor Amy just said. We can't always see what we're looking for, just like Zacchaeus. Sometimes our sight is blocked. We have to take a different angle. We have to look from a new perspective. But always with a hope of not losing sight of what really matters, which is following Jesus in the ways of love and revealing Jesus through the means of grace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Will you join us in prayer? Lord, we want to see Jesus. Help us to be like Zacchaeus, who didn't wait for for the Lord to show up, but climbed a tree to be on the lookout. Let us look ahead to where we can meet and welcome Jesus into our many ministries by generously sharing of ourselves and our gifts today and in the days ahead. Amen. Amen. We hope you've been fed by the Word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at theword at blcfairport.org.
0: And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.